0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Product Marketing Live podcast, which is brought to you by Product Marketing Alliance. My name's Bryony Pierce, and I'm the content manager here at PMA. This week's podcast is sponsored by Product Marketing World. For those of you who haven't gotten out to one of their events yet, Product Marketing World runs product marketing summits all over the world. In each city, they unite hundreds of product marketers and put together lineups, including speakers from companies like Google, Uber, Twitter, and Yahoo, to name just a few. To see if they're coming to a city near you, head over to their site, productmarketingworld.com. As part of this series, we're connecting with product marketers all over the world about topics they're super passionate about. And in this episode, we'll be speaking to Marcus Andrews, a Principal Products Marketing Manager over at HubSpot, about narrative design. Marcus has been at HubSpot since July 2015, and before that, He spent just under four years at Google holding go-to-market roles. Anyway, I'll let Marcus go into more detail about that. But for now, thanks for joining us, Marcus, and welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. Really excited to uh, unpack narrative design and talk about product marketing.
0: Us too, and it's great to have you here. Um, I guess to kick off with, could you just give people a bit of a background into you, um, your background, and then HubSpot as well, please?
1: yeah so i've been in hubspot for almost five years now and um, have launched products across our entire product line product suites um, two years ago i launched service hub which is a really big product where i kind of put a lot of this whole narrative de- design strategic uh narrative um, development to work uh, so i've been here for a while working on product marketing the entire time before that i was at google like you said where i worked on the go-to-market team rolling out adwords products youtube products uh, which is a great experience. And before that, I was at the startup Wildfire, which was a social media marketing software company in Redwood City, California, that was acquired by Google. So I've been working in MarTech for, you know, uh, seven, eight years now and, and been in go to market roles or product marketing roles the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love it. It's really a good alignment of like my skill set and um, something I'm really passionate about. So yeah, that is me. I'm located in Boston. And um, yeah, I love the Product Marketing Alliance. It's I think it's an awesome community and so pumped to be on the podcast today.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And then how was that? So you mentioned you worked at um, Wildfire, the startup. How did that compare then going into two huge companies like Google and HubSpot?
1: Yeah, you know, it was um, I was working out of college. I, I worked at a PR agency because I was a communications major and i made my way i think i saw wildfire i was in boston at the time and i we were using wildfire as a uh, as a vendor and i just saw what they were doing and i saw this whole wave of like social media marketing at the time in 2011 was just taking off i'm like oh my gosh like this is this company's going to blow up they're going to do huge things i really want to join and be part of it uh and it was an amazing ride it was when i was there we were just a, i was there for just a year before we were acquired and the company was only three or four years old when it was, um, before it was acquired by Google, but we grew from like a hundred people to 300 people. And it was just this, it was just a great experience to be part of a, you know, a small, um, technology startup like that, that really had rocket ship growth. Uh, and then we were acquired by Google. And I was you know lucky enough to work at Google for those years and really get that experience and learn from them. And then, um, me and my wife, we wanted to kind of come back to the East coast and I found HubSpot and HubSpot kind of found me and it was a great fit. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it was a really interesting experience going from a startup to a big company at like Google. And then HubSpot has really kind of had some amazing growth itself. So, uh, very different, you know, I think it's different mm-hmm. skill sets that you have to learn, but, uh, both are great for kind of different reasons. So, um, yeah, you know, I've been lucky in kind of the different kind of companies that I've been able to, to work at and work for.
0: Yeah, sure. And then so you recently wrote um, a post for us on narrative design. So for anyone who's not had a chance to read the article yet, can you just give us a bit of background into what narrative design actually is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think that um, it's sort of an evolution of product positioning. And, you know, when I first started working in product marketing, I think that people looked at at, you know, messaging and they said, hey, let's take a bunch of creative marketers who were really, really well versed in the product. And let's have them name products and write copy and build pitch decks. And that feels to me like where a lot of product marketing really started. And then people started to get smarter and they started to get more strategic. And they said, well, let's take this, let's take this messaging and let's really root it in the market and where we want to be and who we want to be and how we're different from different products and our competitors. Uh, and I think that is kind of where we're at today in a lot of ways with product positioning and really well researched, well-done product positioning. A lot of companies still don't do that today, uh, but I think more and more people are. There's been – this last year has been huge for that. April, April Dunford put up the book around, um, you know, obviously awesome, around product positioning. I think a lot of people have picked that up and really invested in it. But w- there's something new emerging that I think is really important because every single – software category every single technology category is just really really crowded right now and so um there are people doing what i call narrative design which i just wanted to put a name on kind of strategic narrative development people like andy raskin people like brian halligan at hubspot when he first launched the company people like dave gearhart um at drift and not privy they're investing in these stories that um really separate them from competition and build kind of like a new category, but also a new game and a new idea in people's minds. Uh, and this I really think is the future of kind of messaging and, and product positioning and product marketing really. Um, so I I love those ideas and I love that work. And I really just wanted to unpack it and look at it through my own lens and give it a name and kind of apply the process of strategic um, narrative development to narrative development and that's kind of how I arrived at narrative design uh so yeah read the post there's a lot in there um but that's how I think about it Mm
0: -hmm. and then you kind of mentioned the benefits there of entering new categories and markets and that kind of thing so why else is it so important for people to take this new approach would you say
1: yeah absolutely so you know we talked a little about like wildfire in, in 2011 and uh that company grew so fast and was acquired so quickly because we were the very first or the maybe the second in this brand new category of social media marketing. We had an entirely new blue ocean of opportunity to just run at, right? We had a good team. We had good technology. We had all these things going for us, but the big thing we had going for us was just this massive blue ocean. And if you look at that same category today versus where, uh, what it looked like in 2011, it's something like, 4,000% more crowded than it was back then. And software has just absolutely exploded. So if you work in software, you work in technology, competition and uh, categories, every category is so, so crowded. So product positioning, which worked, you know, over the last kind of five years, isn't working like it used to because you're always playing somebody else's game. and You're always kind of fighting to be heard uh, in this very, very noisy environment. Uh, so we have, so I think people really have to try something different. And that's what narrative design is what strategic narratives do. A lot of them, they don't necessarily invent a new category, but they kind of reframe one. Like Drift has been really, really successful at this, where they went into a crowded category, live chat, you know, and if you look at their product, it's like, hey, li- live chat, live chat exists, there's, you know, this is a crowded category. But they kind of flipped the category on its head, created something new, created a new story, called it conversational marketing, and I've done something really interesting. This is the same approach that at HubSpot we took with inbound marketing. We looked at the state of marketing, looked at what has changed in the world, uh, and then we built something new, a new game, kind of a new process, uh, and has been extremely successful for HubSpot. So that's why it's so important today. You know, you don't want to get caught up in these really, really crowded categories just playing somebody else's game because it's really hard to win. And most of these categories are like a winner takes all. There's one, one company that ends up eating 80% of the market and maybe there's 20% of the market left over for, that's a long tail for everybody just to kind of fight over. Uh, and it's not ideal if you want to grow.
0: Yeah. And then how long has HubSpot been taking this approach to positioning?
1: Yeah. So the, the great thing about HubSpot is that, uh, Brian Halligan, our co-founder, um, has always been a student of this process. And he has been telling the exact same strategic narrative story for the entire life of HubSpot. So something like 12 years now, he says the same thing, the same story over and over again. And a lot of the time these strategic narratives, these like narrative design, they have to, you have to have a lead narrative designer. And at HubSpot Halligan is that person. Uh, he has been telling the story that was a part of HubSpot's inception from the very, very beginning. Um, and it's how he thinks about everything. So uh, that was how the initial pitch deck for HubSpot, you know, looked at the world that said, Hey, the world is changing. People are ignoring outbound interruptive marketing. Uh, we need to change. We need to introduce something new that is inbound marketing. Hey, that's hard to do, but here's HubSpot to help you do it. Uh, so halgen has been telling that story for a long time. I was able to work with him two years ago when we introduced a new product line called Service Hub, and we essentially ap- applied the same process to, um, you know, this new product line. So even though there's one main story that, that we've been telling for 12 years, we were able to kind of rev on it and use the process to kind of introduce new product lines and introduce new stories. But, yeah, um, usually that's how it works best. You know, you, it, this can't be something that just the product marketing team does has to be something that really comes from either your your CMO, your marketing leader, or your founder.
0: Mm-hmm. Then what would your advice be? Because this is something, um, and I spoke to Andrew Raskin on this recently about that kind of CEO and executive level input. What would your advice be for product marketers who just don't get input from above on this kind of thing? How, how should they tackle it?
1: Yes, yeah, so you really have to. Um, you know, I think that what has happened to me, and <laughs> I mean, this is what happened when we, I initially started working on Service Hub is that I went into, you know, kind of a big executive review with a really slick narrative that I felt really, really good about uh, that, you know, had strong research and strong positioning, and we pitched it to uh, Halligan and the rest of our team. And Brian said, you know, hey, this is great, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to look and I want you to find a change in the world. I want you to, you know, understand how people should react to it. And then I want you to show how our tools help people do that four slides and I need you to build it into this format. Um, and that was, you know, of course, frustrating because we've done all this work, but it's where you have to start, right? Like if you, a lot of, um, I think the goal of the product marketing team has to be to get executives and your entire company really aligned and and bought into the same message. And that can only come when you have, you know, the leader of your company or the leader of your marketing really bought into this and taking ownership over it um so that was a very enlightening thing for me and i think a very important thing so i would just encourage teams to don't you have to start at the top and you have to to pitch this process to people you have to pitch the process to your founders or your marketing leader and say hey this is what i would like to do um this is what it's going to look like let's talk about the process maybe you make it your own you know you don't have to. 100% 100% look at the, the current uh, process as Andy Raskin talks about it or as I talk about it, Halligan talks about it. Uh, you can make it your own. should have the same components. But once you've done that, then you can start to build a narrative. Don't build a narrative and take it and pitch it. Um, usually just because that won't work because the executive team won't have ownership over it. So that's what I really learned on that topic. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you mentioned a couple of kind of companies before who are already owning this, like Drift, for example. Is this something that you're seeing a lot more companies adopt? And what do you think kind of what lies in the future? Is this something that you think is going to eventually take over the traditional product positioning?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, so product positioning and narrative design, I, I, I don't think they're mutually exclusive, right? Like if you're launching a new product or if you're, uh Even if you're doing narrative design, you should still do product positioning and you should still use great product positioning to talk about your products and your features. Um But it's really at the company level or like a new product line level where you want to do narrative design. And absolutely, I think that we know we really know I think everyone's looking at these companies who are doing narrative design and trying to figure out what they're doing. You know, they've got this really strong identity. They have these really strong centralized messages. They're, they're coming up with these really powerful stories and everyone is taking notice. Uh, and they can ab- it can absolutely be done in different categories. But it's one of those things that just like product positioning was that people need to figure out soon and take advantage of it um, before it becomes table stakes and before someone else has done it in their market. Because the problem is, is that if you're in a crowded category, and you try and do this after someone else has already done it, you're going to be late to the game and potentially playing in their sandbox. So, yeah, I absolutely think you're going to see more of this. I think that new startups that come along uh, who are able to implement this early and build it into their DNA uh, are going to do really, really well, uh, especially now and over the next, you know, at least five years.
0: Mm -hmm. And then so if someone's listening to this right now and they're kind of using the traditional Uh, product positioning I guess would your advice be to make that switch over to narrative design and if so like how would they actually go about doing that
1: yes absolutely because the thing the they while the two can exist together your product positioning and your messaging really needs to be built into this larger story right so if you don't have uh if you haven't designed a strong narrative a strong strategic narrative uh what what ends up happening is that your product positioning keeps getting reinvented or invented by different teams and you end up with a lot of really good product positioning that doesn't make sense together or that is kind of all over the place you know so which isn't ideal obviously um so when you have it's important to start with the strategic narrative uh, and build it out and then have everything consistently ladder up to it uh so you're maybe not telling the story in every single place but it all is in kind of concert with that larger story so if you don't have this larger story you know, it really depends on the size of the company, I think, or where you're at with with something new, uh, whether you're starting a company, launching a new product or like launching a new product line. That's probably the time to think about, you know, like, oh, let's let's look at this. Na- let's look at a strategic narrative and, and try and design something here that, you know, is a game and has winners and losers and revolves around change and then think about product positioning. So if you don't have it, definitely do it. Um, it but kind of figuring them out together, I think, is what's important.
0: Mm-hmm. And then in product marketing, there's a lot of templates um, and frameworks out there, and especially for like positioning statements and that type of thing, which are know in themselves can kind of divide opinion. But are there any framework equivalents for this narrative design?
1: Yeah, so it's pretty simple, which is the nice thing about it. You know, I think it's like, um, uh, it's very straightforward and there's different flavors of it, right? This is definitely where uh, Andy Raskin excels and I love his work. And, and this is, you know, with my piece, I was just trying to kind of really unpack what the work that he's done and how Halligan thinks about it. But uh, what Halligan introduced to me and I think what we, what we use at HubSpot is what I would recommend for everyone. And that's really, you have, number one, you have to be a a student of change and think of yourself as like a cultural anthropologist, right? So you're constantly looking at, at humans and human behavior and trying to figure out like, what are people doing differently? The good thing is, is that humans are constantly changing we're always doing stuff differently. technologys only accelerated that uh, and when you start to think about the world that way, you start to notice things that people are doing you know maybe it's maybe it's that uh, like mobile devices is a good example of this right you know however many years ago people just didn't have access to you know a supercomputer in their pocket that they could look at while they're at the bus stop. Video is like there's all these trends in how people behave and when you start to notice them you start to pick up on them. And that's how you, that's the really at the foundation of telling these good stories. Um, so one, you gotta understand change and find a change in the world that you want to talk about. Two is you have to understand how does this translate into what businesses should do, right? So if there's been this massive change in the world, how should a business react to this? And what are the businesses that are doing it right doing? And what are the businesses that, you know, they're doing it wrong doing in the old way? So there's a new way and there's an old way. And those are kind of your winners and losers. And then the story empathizes with people around how hard this is. So of course you want to do what the winners are doing. You want to do it the new way you want to adapt to this change, but it's really difficult. You know, you have to, the original inbound story was, you know, you didn't have the strategy. You had to convince your bosses. You had to buy separate blogging and social media tools. You needed all of these things. Uh, and what that tees up is you're able to introduce your solution to people. So really goes change in the world, uh, winners and losers, empathy, and then you get to introduce your product and kind of um, uh, what it is that you've built. And then you just get to celebrate these people and sort of create this club. So those are the big I think four or five steps, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can think about them in that high level. And you don't really need to get too into the weeds because those should always be very consistent. And then you just make it your own from there. Uh, so yeah, it's a repeatable process. But if you don't figure out that change in the world that is unique to your business and unique to you uh that's the real challenge and that's that's where it all kind of hinges on
0: Mm -hmm. and so let's say if someone was kind of listening to this podcast right now and they've got a new product launch on the horizon how would they go about bringing narrative design to life as part of that launch
1: yeah, so if you don't, you know, narrative design is usually at this com- at the company level, right? So if you haven't figured it out, like definitely figure it out. Like what we do at HubSpot is that we're able to look at the product and say, all right, we've got a product that we're excited to introduce into the market. Let's do great product positioning on this and figure out, you know, how we're unique, how people think about us, the story that we're trying to tell, and then let's ladder it up into the larger inbound story. Um, a good example of this is when, you know, I first started working at HubSpot, I launched our ads product and ads inside of, um, HubSpot was a very cool new feature, but it was, it didn't fit super nicely inside of the inbound marketing story. And so what we did was that, you know, we, we did great positioning for the product, but then we also focused a lot about how ads could be inbound and how ads actually, um, help amplify good content and how it's all part of this game that you're playing when you're trying to think about uh inbound versus outbound marketing. Um and so we're able to fit it into it and ladder it up nicely. And then the thing, depending on the size of your company, um the thing that really helps the launch at HubSpot because we're bigger and growing all the time and we have a large marketing team is that you can take this story, which encaps encapsulates you know the strategy and how it fits into the narrative and the product and you can take it to all the teams inside of your company and you can pitch that story. And a marketer, you know, if you're a content marketer and a PMM comes to you and they tell you about, Hey, we've got this, you know, interesting technical product that we're rolling out. They're like, okay, great, cool. I can write about that. But if you pitch them a story that plugs into the larger narrative that has good positioning, uh, they are going to get very excited and they're going to bring it to life in a very interesting way that ladders up into this narrative. So um, those are kind of the steps, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Still do great positioning, ladder it up into the narrative and then really kind of pitch this story in an interesting way internally or externally. Right.
0: Yeah. And then in terms of that internal pitching, what does that look like for you? So, for example, is it kind of meetings with individual teams or like how do you go about actually delivering that information?
1: Yeah, so it is definitely, I think meetings with individual teams are effective and it's important to kind of get that face time really just to transfer energy to people, I think is the most important part of those meetings, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, the as product marketers are, you know, we're glue inside of companies, right? And a huge part of a good product marketer and a good product marketing team is that you bring momentum to launches, right? So uh, I think it's super important for companies to be product-led and to really be, you know, rooted in their product when they go to market. Uh, but the stories have to be interesting and fun and exciting. Uh, and it's a product, marketing's, product marketer's job to really do that. So I think, you know, these stories help. Um, and those meetings will help get people fired up and excited and understand the story and also thinking creatively about what it is, how, how they could bring it to life. So those in-person meetings are super important. The other things that I think work really well are just a, like a press release first process or a really tight, you know, um, deck around the, the story that you're pitching. Uh, Loom has been an awesome tool for us internally at HubSpot where we'll create, you know, Um, we'll either write the press release and put it out in the wiki at the same time we're doing these, you know, product roadshows and going on meetings and we'll, I'll create a loom, uh, of me pitching the deck that you can kind of get out and quickly, people can quickly download, um, you know, here in Cambridge or, uh, you know, maybe in some of our global offices, especially or people in different time zones. Mm
0: -hmm. And then just to go back to the actual narrative design and kind of creation process, I know you mentioned Brian Halligan gets involved in that. Who else is typically involved in that process?
1: Yeah, so that's definitely another secret to HubSpot, I think, is that our executives care really, really deeply about the stories that we tell, especially Brian. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, the, the players in that process are really our product marketing team where a lot of it start well really our product team you know I think our product team cares about it too which is which is awesome it's really nice to have a product team that thinks about um, product positioning and stories and narrative design uh, so it'll kind of you know start bet- with as a collaboration between the product team and the product marketing team and then we really work with marketing leadership. You know, my director, our VP uh, to kind of hone in on the right story to figure it out, to make sure it's great. Our CMO is involved. Uh, and then we bring it to Brian. And so, you know, at, at a, hopefully by the time uh, we go and we pitch Brian and get his feedback, we've got a really strong story that's, you know, bulletproof in a lot of ways. But the process is always uh, very iterative. Iter- iter- so we do not you know, I don't think we ever expect to kind of get in front of um, our CMO, uh, Kip, or Brian, our founder, and have something that, you know, we just knock out of the park on the first shot. Usually it's something that, you know, we go in and um, everybody kind of makes it their own and, and iterates on the process. So it can take time, you know. It, I think with a company our size, it does end up meaning meaning that we move a, a little bit slow with some of these things. Um but uh, I think what's most important is that by the time we get to market, we have this story that's actually really compelling and tight. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what it looks like for us at HubSpot.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds like a great setup. when And I was talking a lot about, um, so I had a podcast with your colleague, Jeffrey, also not too yeah. long ago. Um, and this came up as well. And he was saying how um, various bits of his work, like it'll go up to Brian Halligan um, for CEO kind of approval. And I was like, wow, that must take absolutely ages like to get it all <laughs> up. And he was like, well, no, surprisingly, not that long. because. Not with PMA such, but in in a previous life when I've worked in house at companies, um and when we'd get people like executive level involved, things could take months sometimes. But then I guess you've got this culture where it's all built in. Um I guess it streamlines things and makes it a lot easier to get that airtime.
1: Yeah, you know, we the way we do it I think does optimize for it. Like it does it does take long, you know, and like if people had like There's a lot of autonomy and individual work at HubSpot, which is good and allows us to go fast. This is, you know, not an example of that because it does end up becoming a process, but, uh, it's important because this one story will really, you know, is, is kind of the fabric for all of the other work. Um, and, you know, it's sometimes it's a challenge when executives want to be kind of in the, in the weeds with the words and everything that's happening here. But I think it's really part of the secret sauce for HubSpot actually, because by Brian caring so much about this when he's bought into a story and when, when our entire marketing leadership team has bought into a story, the impact that you can have is huge. So we launched service hub, which is this new product line two years ago now. And it hinged around this story of HubSpot really encouraging everyone and redefining the go-to-market model. So, you know, in the past HubSpot has been all about uh, the marketing funnel And we said, the marketing funnel is dated. We're going to retire it. We want to introduce this flywheel. And the flywheel is all about the customer. It's all about sales service and marketing working together. Uh, And that was a story that, you know, came, that was something that uh, me and my GM worked directly with Halligan on and marketing was bought into. And we had a massively impactful launch because everyone was so deeply invested in this story. took a while to get there, um, but it's just vec- it's like vector alignment. You know, if everybody's bought in and if everybody's rowing in the same direction and you have everyone who's very clear on the story, the impact that you have is, is, is huge. So, uh, yeah, sometimes it can be a challenge, but I do think it's important.
0: Mm. And then out of curiosity, how did that setup compare to when you were at Google? Um, what kind of level of input did executives there have, and was it as, as easy or...?
1: Uh, so Google, Google is very different um, just in terms of the size, and Google's just a very uh engineering-driven culture, right? So I think that at Google, it was more about let's make really smart data-driven decisions around rolling out new products, Um and having the sales team invest in different products. And then it was sort of my job to kind of package them up and enable the, more enable the sales, the sales team. So it was, it was kind of a shift in, I think product marketing 1.0 was a lot about that. You know, like let's roll out new products, have a smart group of kind of creative generalist marketers package these up, use it to enable the sales team and then bring it to market. Um, I think now the the, uh, sort of a new model in product marketing is more, let's build a strategic narrative, great positioning and in concert with the product team. And then, then roll that out to the marketing team and kind of and use that as air cover for the entire, uh, campaign and the sales process. Um, so it's different. I think it's kind of an evolution. I don't know exactly, you know, it's been five years since I worked at Google, so I don't know exactly what their product rollout looks like, but I imagine it's still very like, um, product and engineering driven
0: yeah for sure and then so when people have kind of nailed down this narrative design what are the knock-on effects they need to consider in terms of will it affect how salespeople pitch or if there's landing pages out there will it affect any of the copy or
1: yeah totally so um uh, uh you know that's for it to work well and you know i think this is um you know, I think companies like, like Gong and Drift really do this well. It's like, they have that very clear identity. So, you know, if you have um the strategic narrative and you roll it out, everything has to to ladder up into this in some point, it's extremely effective for sales pitches. So, you know, I think a sales pitch uh or a sales conversations or a pitch or a deck where they're able to use a strategic narrative instead of just product positioning and, um, you know, typical kind of competitive intelligence, they love this, right? So I think if you do it right, and make sure that your sales team is bought into it, and you know, whether it's it's training or working with them and enabling them in the right way, uh, they will abso- absolutely love it. And they should be telling the same story over and over again. Uh, and yeah, everything needs to have a flavor of this design for it to work really, really well. So Yeah, I think if you are going to roll out a new, if you are going to, you know, redesign your narrative or kind of reframe where you're at in the market, it's super important to make sure that's reflected in your website and your pitch deck and your sales calls. Uh, and that may seem monumental, but it actually simplifies things because then there's just this single story that you're, is the lens that you look at everything through. Uh, so it, things become less complicated and less, less messy.
0: And then what does the process of enabling sales look like for you at HubSpot? Is that something kind of you and your team are directly involved with or?
1: Yeah, you know, at HubSpot is we've gotten more Product led, our product marketing team has taken a slight step back from sales enablement and we have a sales enablement team who are really great. Uh, but what we're able to do is create a lot of air cover for our sales team. So hopefully by, before the time buyer, before the time someone has had a conversation with our sales team, they've already seen a product page. They've already read a blog post. They've already seen a video or an ad. Maybe they've even used the product. They've already started to absorb this narrative right even if they couldn't recite it to you they're already getting an idea that like oh wow you know like yeah of course like in in i want to do inbound that's why i'm talking to hubspot um or i want to go from funnel to flywheel that's why i'm talking to hubspot uh so the great thing there is that it really tees up the sales team to have this conversation and so a lot of the time i mean i think it's just enabling them to bring it home like they need to they need to be able to understand the narrative and really feel it in their their hearts and their heads but also then turn the customer like they need to they need to help the customer understand how hubspot or how you, the product is going to help them achieve this thing you know whether it's going from like going from funnel to flywheel how is investing in service hub uh with what you use with hubspot going to enable you to do that that is the thing you really got to work with sales to to help figure out so that they're tight on that
0: and then what does the maintenance process then look like for you? So obviously with HubSpot and I would design's been around for a long time. Like how often do you then revisit it and how do you go about validating if it's still on point?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. I mean, I think, um, we want to stay, you want to stay relevant and modern, right? So, um, HubSpot's been around for a while and we've been telling the same story for a long time. It's, it's nice because we've, we've branched out into new product lines and new audiences, uh, and have grown with the times, introduced freemium models. So all of that gives us an opportunity to kind of look at the narrative and update it and refresh it. The amazing thing about HubSpot, and I think which is really smart, is that, that we just keep telling the same story basically again and again and again. Um, but with updates here and there. I mean, I think that the flywheel is a really good example of this. So, in inbound marketing, one of the main tools that we give the, you know, the players of the game, so to speak, is the funnel, right? You have the marketing funnel and it's really going to help you go from outbound to inbound and we're going to help you nurture people down it. We sa- said that we're going to, this really important tool in inbound marketing, we're going to retire and we're going to replace it with a new tool that we want you to take on. That's a, That was a pretty big change in our whole process, uh, but it was something that, was able to kind of, um, refresh how we look at the world based on change. So, uh, that's an example. I mean, I think what you have to do is like, you look at that original change that you addressed and if people have changed, then you got to refresh the, the process. So, uh, you know, if all of a sudden outbound marketing started working again, like, you know, we would have to, we would have to change again. But, um, if you get it right the first time, and I think if you really root it in the real change, then, then you can keep telling the same story over and over again.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then final question for me. So if someone is making um, this kind of switch and introducing narrative design, how could they go about measuring the impact it's having on the business?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think that kind of comes back to the, you know, the category. So, like I mentioned, like all of these categories and especially in software are just so crowded. Um, And what you're trying to do with narrative design is really rise above the noise and really kind of establish yourself as different as something new. Um, and, you know, I think that you can look at the effectiveness of is this actually sticking is your, you know, did you rename the category and is that sticking? Uh, one great way to look at that is search volume. So most of the time it's very scary to kind of introduce a new category or to introduce a new narrative because there's no search demand for it, right? Like you're introducing something new. You're not plugging into an existing category where there's existing search demand. Um, but you can measure that demand over time if you're doing it right. So, you know, if you look at a a Google search trends of inbound marketing, however many years ago, there was no demand for it, but now there's a lot of search volume for inbound marketing. Um, So if you're, if you do it right, you're creating demand for something new and you can measure that demand in in all sorts of ways, especially uh, Google search, which is a great, a great way to look at it. So I think that's helpful. Um, You know, I think, uh, uh, close rate and, um, of your deals is another important way. Usually if you're in a really crowded clad category, uh, your sales team is probably going to struggle to close deals effectively. Uh, but they've got a great narrative and they're able to, um, tell that story really effectively they'll start to close more deals um quicker i know you know i think that you can also as you're creating cat uh content around this narrative it's really easy to see what works and what doesn't because you'll introduce an idea and people will you know love it they'll read uh they'll engage with it in social media they will come to your blog they will visit visit it they will read it uh and if it's something that's you know off um, or it doesn't make sense or isn't resonating they won't uh, so those are just some quick examples I think but ultimately like it's where you sit in this category you know are you a are you a market leader or are you just fighting for scraps in the long tail
0: mm-hmm. okay well awesome that's all my questions today Marcus thank you so much for uh, taking some time out and teaching us all a bit about narrative design it's been great yeah. having you on the show
1: awesome thank you it's been really fun i'm excited hopefully people um like this idea and uh i would love to think more about it and help other companies figure out how they can do it so um thanks for having me on it has been a pleasure
0: oh it's all ours and for anyone who wants to read marcus's um blog post i'll include the link above the transcripts below this podcast but everyone still tuned in thanks so much for listening and if you enjoyed the podcast please help us spread the word to other product marketers before we leave you to get on with your day if you want to get involved, here are a few ways you can. If you're a product marketer and you want to come on the show to speak about your day, a specific topic, or just your role in general, that's one option. If you want to flex your podcast hosting skills, being a guest host is another. And finally, if you or your company want to sponsor an episode, there's a third. Thanks again and have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are.